This is the Friends of Israel Today. I'm Steve Conover, and with me is Chris Katolka. As the year comes to a close, we want to share with you an opportunity to impact lives through this radio broadcast. First, we would ask that you tell others about the teaching you hear through the Friends of Israel Today. If it's been a blessing to you, share it with your friends and help multiply this ministry. Secondly, prayerfully consider a gift so we can continue to bring these truths to you and others as well. Yeah, we really hope that our listeners love what we do here at the Friends of Israel. And we just want to let you know, we need to raise $10,000 to meet our financial goals for the year end. And, And we thank those that have already contributed. Your gift will help us reach people all around the globe with our message of truth to bless the Jewish people. If the Lord leads you and you believe Christians need to hear the truth about Israel and the Jewish people, help us reach our goal of $10,000 before the end of 2019. Any amount will be a blessing to our program. And thank you. Thank you so much for supporting the Friends of Israel today. To give to the Friends of Israel today, simply go to foiradio.org. That's FOI as in Friends of Israel Radio.org. You can call our listener line at 888-343-6940. Again, that's 888-343-6940. And you can write to us at FOI Radio, P.O. Box 914, Belmar, New Jersey, 08099. Once again, that's FOI Radio, P.O. Box 914, Belmar, New Jersey, 08099. Thanks, Chris. On today's program, we invited Peter Cologne to be with us. Peter is one of our Friends of Israel Church Ministry representatives in the Florida area. Chris and Peter will be discussing how ancient coins from the Greek and Roman empires were used to communicate the news of the day in biblical times. But first in the news, at the 33rd International Islamic Unity Conference, Iranian leader Ayatollah Khomeini sought to clarify what he means when he speaks of wiping Israel off the map. Khomeini said it doesn't mean the mass slaughter of the country's Jews, but rather eliminating the Jewish state's quote-unquote imposed regime. Khomeini claims Christians, Jewish people, and Muslims should live in peace under Palestinian rule. Steve, this is, uh, this is quite funny to me. Uh, number one, uh, Khomeini has a problem here because he's threatened many times to physically destroy Jewish cities like Tel Aviv and Haifa. So that goes against his idea of not destroying the Jewish people, only getting rid of Netanyahu and his imposed their imposed regime. But also, I think he needs to remember what's going on in Israel right now. There are already Jewish people and Christians and Muslims living side by side in peace as Israeli citizens, not as Palestinian citizens, as Israeli citizens. And they have no fear of the government persecuting them for their faith. Maybe Khomeini should take some tips from the Israeli regime he wants to wipe off the map. Peter, welcome to the program. Thank you, Chris. I appreciate it. Peter, uh, how how did coins, this is so fascinating to me, how did coins become the method for conveying what was happening in the ancient world? Well, uh, in a real simple form, the coins were basically the newspapers of the day. Uh, as empires began to uh, expand, they wanted the news uh, to spread uh, as to who was the new ruler, uh, the name of the ruler, uh, what gods that they were worshiping, some key events uh, that they wanted to, their subjects and conquered people to know about. Uh, so that was basically what the coins were all about there. Uh, they uh, Also, they needed to uh, create a, a standard weight as time you know, progressed. Originally, it was all a barter system, but as uh, empires began to expand and grow, 
they began to formulate a, uh, a weight system so that it became more uniform as time went on. Now, there are a lot of coins that were being spread throughout the empires at that time, but we're going to focus on three coins that actually are connected uh, to, to the Jewish people, to, to Israel, to the scriptures. And so if you wouldn't mind, what, what is, what's the first coin that you want to share with us about um, and how it connects to the scriptures? Well, uh, I guess because of the time and season we're going into, but uh, one of the coins that uh, is really fascinating, uh, it relates to the Hanukkah theme. Uh, there's a coin that was minted, and it featured the uh, the protagonist, the uh, the madman, as the Jewish people referred to him as Antiochus the Fourth, and uh, he minted a coin of his image, and on the back uh, was an image of uh, of, a, of a god that he worshipped. That oftentimes he often viewed himself as that god and such. But the main thing is is that it kind of falls in line with the prophecy that is found in the book of Daniel in chapter eight how uh, this individual would rise up and be very great and that he would pick a fight with those in the south and east and also those in Israel. And then he would do a number of uh, atrocious things. Uh, and one of the, or two of the main things is that he would stop the sacrifices that were done in the temple and that he would declare himself to be God and demand to be worshipped. So that's called the, uh, the Antiochus, the fourth coin, but the connection that is significant for the believer in Christ is that when you come to John chapter 10, you have an incident there where Jesus, it mentions that Jesus uh, is in Jerusalem, he's at the temple, it was winter time, and that it was during the time of Hanukkah. And this is the time when everybody was kind of being reminded again of the incident that took place uh, with the rise of Antiochus IV and then his downfall by the uh, Maccabees, a Jewish revolt that went against him, and then the temple being rededicated and God once again dwelling among his people. Uh, it became very significant in Jesus' day as people were talking about this story because of what followed in the text, that the religious leaders asked Jesus to tell him to speak plainly if he is or not the Messiah. He answers in a typical Judaic format, saying that I did, you don't believe, and that he is the giver of eternal life. But then he mentions and says that I and my Father are one. And you have to really appreciate that statement in, with the backdrop of Hanukkah, because everybody is remembering how this Antiochus, the fourth character, a mere mortal, declared himself to be God. And here is Jesus during Hanukkah in his day, saying that uh, he's just the opposite. He's not immortal declaring himself to be God, but that he is God who became mortal and dwelled among men. And uh, so that is all connected uh, when you see that coin of Antiochus uh, that has uh, been circulated around at that time. So that makes it very significant. It just verifies the historicity of what took place. And this is a great uh, connection, like you said, for the season, because Hanukkah is going to be coming up pretty soon next month. And it's a great reminder of, of what God was doing there in, in John chapter 10, the Feast of Dedication. If you're going to go there and read it in John chapter 10, Hanukkah is called the Feast of Dedication in the, in the New Testament. Let's move to another coin now, Peter, uh, from Mark chapter 12. You talked about a coin, um, and, and, and can you give a little context to it uh, about that passage that most people know about? Give to Caesar what is Caesar's, and to God what is God's. Could you share a little bit about that? Yeah, that's the, what the traditional, what they call the tribute penny. Uh, it's not a penny as we understand it. Uh, in biblical times, that would have been a silver denarius. Uh, but be as it may, 
the challenge was here that uh, <clears throat> there were those who were trying to uh, entrap Jesus, trying to find some kind of incriminating statement that he would make in order to accuse him. And, and you had various uh, leaders bringing up all kinds of uh, uh, challenges. And one of them was that the uh, uh, the religious groups there came and, and they asked him uh, whether, you know, it is right to... Uh, you know, pay tribute to Caesar, because the power to tax is the power of control. If Jesus, as they figure, if Jesus is truly the Messiah, the king, he would then, of course, <clears throat> refuse to pay taxes. And with Rome, that is like uh, a high crime uh, uh, to withhold your taxes from Rome. But if human power in that he is not the Messiah, the king, the conqueror, and thus they feel that they could uh, discriminate his claim. But what Jesus does then, he does ask to be shown a coin and uh, the coin featured a graven image of uh, step aside here a little bit some uh, archaeological scholars feel that uh, <clears throat> that it was actually a coin that featured uh, Augustus uh, Tiberius's father but in either case either Augustus or Tiberius um, both of them claim deity back on the coin you have the graven image of Tiberius but the writing around the coin uh, basically says that uh, this is Tiberius, Caesar Augustus' son of the divine Augustus. So if you kind of put it in the context of the drama, uh, <clears throat> Tiberius is being viewed as the son of God in the Roman context there. And Jesus then basically challenges those who were his hearers there, uh, render, give to him what you think he is worth and what he is owed, and give to God, the true God, of which Jesus at this time had already been uh, <clears throat> doing the works that had substantiated his deity, uh, what they feel the true God is owed and due. It became a theological issue. It, uh, it was like Jesus moved from the political uh, uh, time there with the taxation and such and moved it into a theological arena. That's why it was so powerful. But those coins, the Tiberius coin, uh, is in, in its writing. By the way, in coins, the writing is what's very significant, in addition to the, to the images that are there, because the writing is sort of like an ancient voice that is talking to you from the past. And in archaeology, uh, we're, we're told that one of the great finds is coins because of the writing, because it's a voice from the past. Uh, so here, the Tiberius coin is posing itself, showing him to be the Son of God, in contrast to the true Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. And let me just say this, Peter, because uh, we're going to take a break here in a moment. But for our listeners, I, I, number one, we're talking to Peter Cologne, who's a Friends of Israel Church Ministries representative and, and has spent a long time uh, studying and understanding archaeology. And uh, we're going through these ancient coins and, and how uh, that, that have been dug up from the past and how they were really newspapers of the day to share what was going on, who the God was, who was the, who was the leader uh, of the empire at that time, and maybe an event that took place, and really how it connects to the Bible. And I want you to know, so far we've looked at just what happened prior to coming uh, the coming of Jesus, uh, the Hanukkah story with the Antiochus coin. Then we looked at an event that happened with Jesus when he says, render or give to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God what is God's. But next we're going to look at another coin, a coin that actually comes from the prophecy of Jesus from Matthew chapters 24. So you're, you're not going to want to miss this. Stick around.
You know, in the days of the Billy Graham Crusades, Billy Graham would speak and thousands of people would come down and all he would do is read the Bible and connect people with the truth of the gospel. But see, today, I don't think that would happen. I don't know if Billy Graham would have the same response that he does today that he had in the 1950s, 60s, and 70s. And here's the reason why. Because see, today, people don't hold value to the scriptures like they did back then. Because as that is happening, as people have a lower value of the Bible, I believe God is raising up archaeology now to show the truth of his word. That as people are more critical of the scripture, we have archaeology now to back these events that took place in the scriptures as truthful events. And that's why you need to have the Zondervan Handbook of Biblical Archaeology by Dr. Randall Price. We live in a world that is highly critical of the scriptures, and we can present them with the truth that not only is God's word real, but we have archaeological evidence to show that it's true. You can purchase your copy of the Zondervan Handbook of Biblical Archaeology by Dr. Randall Price. Visit foiradio.org. That's foiradio.org, and we'll make sure to have the link on our homepage. Or you can call our listener line at 888-343-6940, and someone will return your call during our regular business hours. Again, that's 888-343-6940. To order in Canada, call 888-664-2584. Again, in Canada, that's 888-664-2584. Welcome back, everyone. We're talking to Peter Cologne, who is our Friends of Israel Church Ministries representative in the Florida area. And not long ago, we were having a conversation about uh, a presentation that he gives in churches uh, about how coins are are so significant um, to understanding the biblical events that are going around uh, going on around the New Testament. And uh, in our previous segment, we looked at two coins. We looked at the Antiochus the Fourth coin, Antiochus Epiphanes, which is the story of Hanukkah, which we also read about in John chapter 10. Uh, we looked at a, a tribute coin from Mark chapter 12, when Jesus says, give to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God what is God's. But see, in Matthew chapter 24, this is where Jesus lays out what's going to happen in the future. He gives a a, a vision of a, a prophetic vision for the disciples. And, and it's even there that there's a coin that's connected to this amazing event. Uh, Peter, can you talk about the Judea weeping coin, um, as it's called? Well, Chris, the, uh, the coin actually is referred to as the Judea Capta coin, but most people kind of dub it the weeping coin because of the image that is featured there. Uh, what it's depicting is a commemoration on the part of Rome of their victory over the Jewish people in Jerusalem and the temple in the year AD 70. Uh, and that was minted and it was circulated. It featured uh, either the, uh, uh, the acting emperor Vespasian at the time or his son Titus. But on the reverse side, you had um, various images. You had a palm tree, which was the symbol of Israel nationalism. On one side, you had a woman seated with her hand, her, uh, her face in her hands, and she's weeping, and thus the term, uh, you know, the uh, Judea weeping coin. And then on the other side, you either had a uh, Roman soldier with a spear and a shield showing victory, or in some coins, they had an individual there standing with his hands uh, behind his back, indicating like he is tied, he is a captive. And so it's the Judea captive coin, and it's a, it's a, a coin that really just verifies the events that has been written out uh, in history uh, by uh, an eyewitness like uh, Flavius Josephus and, and what was predicted in Scripture. Uh, one of the passages that I like to use when I share with this coin 
is that uh, statement that Jesus made as he was walking through the streets there and Simon Serene was carrying the cross for him uh, after, you know, it got uh, overwhelming for Jesus to carry. And as he was walking, uh, the daughters of Jerusalem there were weeping, and he turns to them and says, uh, you know, not to weep for himself, but to weep for themselves uh, and for their children, and indicating that uh, the time that was going to come, that it was going to be great suffering, and he mentions that uh, for if these things are done when the tree is green, what will happen when it is dry? Uh, this is just another graphic statement that Jesus made that was prophetic in that it seems to have been fulfilled in AD 70 when um, God allowed the legions of Rome uh, to sack Jerusalem and destroy the temple. And the major significance of that in, in biblical history, especially Israel history, is that it was the end of the temple worship. It was the end of the ministration of the priests who basically served uh, in behalf of the people. And then most importantly, it put an end to the blood sacrifices, which was needed for uh, atonement and remission of sin. Uh, and it's been so uh, for nearly 2,000 years until 1948, when Israel became a nation once again. Now, of course, there is no temple presently there in Israel, but you can see the connection of what happened in history and how these coins were being circulated by Rome to all their conquered people that uh, when you rebel against Rome, this is what can result. But it was predicted in Scripture that would come to pass, so it's very, very significant, those coins. The Judea captive coin, or as most people dub it, Judea weeping coin. Amazing, because this is really a way in the ancient world where news about what was happening around the Roman Empire, especially in Israel at that time, would go out, like you said, and people would see as they're trading coins, as they're buying things, how the Roman Empire was conquering people. And it just so happened to be 70 AD uh, when Titus uh, went in and destroyed the temple. Peter, I want to thank you so much for being on the program. We looked at three coins, the Antiochus IV uh, coin, Antiochus Epiphanes. We looked at the Tiberius coin that comes from Mark chapter 12, and then also the Judea captor or Judea weeping coin. Peter, thank you so much for being on the program with us today. Oh, I appreciate it too. Thank you for the opportunity to share these things. Before we move on, I want to let our listeners know that if you would like to see images of these coins, the Antiochus coin, the Tiberius coin, or the Judea Capto weeping coin, you can simply go to foiradio.org, and there you'll find the coins on our website. They're a sight to behold, something that you'll want to take a look at. That's foiradio.org. Now, Apples of Gold, a dramatic reading from the life and ministry of Holocaust survivor Svi Kalisher. One evening, as my family and I were returning home, two people stopped me and interrogated me. Who are you? One asked. We want to know all about you. Come to my home tomorrow evening. And who are you? We are from an anti-missionary organization, one replied. Then I'm sure you know all about me. We still want to speak with you, they insisted. So the next evening they came to my home and we received them as our guests. We want to tell you that you are our public enemy. You have left the religion of our fathers, therefore we hate you, one of them said. I replied, I will pray for you, that the Lord will have mercy upon you. What? he exclaimed. How can you say this when you want to kill us? No, I told him. 
I want you to have everlasting life. One replied, We want to know what you believe. I told them, I believe as you do. I believe in one God, one Father, and one Holy Spirit. He answered, We believe in one God and one Father in heaven, but not one Holy Spirit. This belongs to the Christians. Oh, I am glad you came here tonight. God has sent you to me because you are blind. But by the time you leave, your eyes will be open. I want to show you some things in the Holy Bible. I opened the Old Testament to places where the Holy Spirit is mentioned, such as Psalm 51 and 104 and 139 and Zechariah 12, verse 10. They could not believe their eyes. How can this be? We have never heard of this before. I spoke with them kindly, even though they hated me. They began to wonder why they were persecuting me, and they apologized. They could see my family, and I were very happy, and one asked, Why are you not afraid? You have children. Do you not fear for them? I then opened the New Testament and read Luke 21, verse 17. You will be hated by all for my name's sake, but not a hair of your head shall be lost. I said, I know in whom I have believed, and because I believe on the Lord, I am not afraid of anything you can do to me. Those whom you are persecuting are following God. Are you following him? I ask, what will you say about me in your report to your boss? What can we report to our boss? I answered, tell him what you heard and saw this evening. Tell him what is written in the Bible. He replied, before we go, please tell us if you are a Jew or a Christian. I said, before I was blind as you are now. But when I received the Lord in my heart, I became happy. Now I have a rich future and an established faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. We believe on the same God as you, the one spoken of in the Holy Bible. If you want to know more about him, read Hebrews chapter 2. They quickly read it so they would know what to say to their boss. I have committed these people in the report to the Lord, and I know He will accomplish His will. We're so glad you chose to be with us today, and thanks to Peter Cologne for joining us. As Chris mentioned, you can see the ancient coins Peter spoke about today on our website. Visit foiradio.org. Chris, next week we have another Friends of Israel representative with us on the program. Tell our listeners something about next week's guest. Yeah, we have Trevor Stewart-Sweet. He's actually our representative in the United Kingdom, and he's going to be talking about the anti-Semitism, the rise of anti-Semitism that's going on in the UK right now, and I think it's going to be an important message for our listeners to hear. We look forward to it. The Friends of Israel Gospel Ministry has been sharing the love of the Messiah and supporting Israel and the Jewish people since 1938. If you feel led to support our work or you simply want to reach out to us, visit foiradio.org. Again, that's foiradio.org. 
In the U.S., you can call our listener line at 888-343-6940. Again, that's 888-343-6940. You can write to us at FOI Radio, P.O. Box 914, Belmar, New Jersey, 08099. Again, that's FOI Radio, P.O. Box 914, Belmar, New Jersey, 08099. Call our Canada office at 888-664-2584. Once again, that's 888-664-2584 in Canada. Our host and teacher is Chris Katolka. Today's program was produced by Tom Gallione, co-written by Sarah Fern. Our theme music was composed and performed by Jeremy Strong. I'm Steve Conover, executive producer. The Friends of Israel Today is a production of the Friends of Israel Gospel Ministry. We are a worldwide Christian ministry communicating biblical truth about Israel and the Messiah while fostering solidarity with the Jewish people.